DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. PK, sometimes the sports calendar just doesn't cooperate. Jazz get three days off, no game, and they come back and they play the night of the Pac-12 title game. And Phoenix and Golden State, who just played on Tuesday, top two teams in the NBA, Suns win, so it's 17 in a row. Both teams are 18-3. and three. They're playing on Friday night. We've got to spread this stuff out, PK. It's too much all at once. What about us? What about our needs? <laughs> yeah, I know. I see it. Come I on now. This Friday night on fire. If you can't find a good game, that, that's a you problem. There's plenty of options. Joe Ingles is going to join us here momentarily, and the, uh, the Jazz will get back at it Friday with Boston, and then they hit the road. Four straight road games, and uh, we'll see how they – how they handle that stretch. They went out on the road early in the year, and, and it went pretty well. It's actually, they've had more problems at home than on the road. So, more road games. Well, I think that if they play well, they'll be fine. It's as simple as that. I'm going to stick to that mantra, I think, the whole season. If I change that, then that's bad news for the Jazz. But I'm thinking that it's all about them, not the opponent. All right, let's get to Joe. Hey, yeah. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles, join us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, I love it when you get into it with the media. That's just the best. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, but it's just spectacular. What are they? Yeah, telling a reporter after the game, asking a question, you can't trap me. <laughs> nice, Joe. I never said that. I just said it wouldn't. It's not smart to trap someone that wants to pass. Like, I mean, I'm not going to comment on another team's preparation or plan or whatever they want to do because that's what they decide is best for their team. But if I was playing myself, I would not be. <laughs> I would not be trapping someone that wants to pass. I'd be joking someone that wants to score, not someone that is more than happy to pass the ball. But each to their own. Good each luck to, to them. Each to their own. <laughs> That's an interesting concept as far as that, uh, because you're inclined to pass, and we've known, obviously we've known that for many, many years, uh, and somebody like Clarkson is inclined to score. Do you think it's part of the individual player's makeup, or is it more of that's what you're assigned to do because everybody has a part in helping a team win? How does that play out? Uh, I mean, as you grow up, you figure out what you're good at, and some people are a lot better at other things than others, um, regardless of not just in basketball, but in whatever. Renee's a way better parent than I am. (laughs) there's just things obviously that are so different and um, throughout your your career and your kind of childhood growing up you, you figure out 
things you're good at, things you're, you're not as good at. And for me, passing was always something I was was able to do, obviously. Um, but to make the, the right pass and, and the enjoyment, I guess, of, for, for me of, of getting an assist or making a play for a teammate was um, more in, in more enjoyment or whatever I've got from doing that than necessarily scoring and then I mean JC's a easy one to talk about in terms of the, the scoring side of it because he, he does it so easily like it's the way I've got the it's so easy for him to to get in the pain to make a play to some of the finishes that he has um, so it just kind of it kind of just happens I think that's when you get to the the professional level that's where it gets a little bit kind of murky waters where some guys or, or players might try and do more than what they are either like you said asked of or are actually capable of if a team came to me and said hey we want to sign you we want you to average Even in my younger younger days, or whatever, playing more minutes or whatever the situation, it's just not it's not how I how I play. So um, yeah, you just figure it out as you as you kind of go along in your career, and you figure out what you're good at, and obviously you still work on the things you, you're not as good at. But I think that's a, a I mean, and I work so well together is. I know he wants to score, and he knows I want to pass him the ball to score. So it's, a, it's an easy uh, two-man game for us to play. So then there are the other parts of the game, and you got to you know to be a pro and to be an NBA guy as long as you've been. You got to have the well-rounded game. But and, and I do watch you different because I'm watching games and I'm watching stuff you do. So you know we're ready to talk to you and ask you questions. And watching that Blazer game, I wonder if you were a little more dialed in defensively. You had to guard some smaller guys at times. And I saw you, C.J. McCollum tries to beat you off the dribble. And maybe he did, and maybe to a certain degree you played the angles, like, I don't want to foul him, I'm going to let him go a little bit. But you were kind of lurking behind him. It was like you were doing some kind of Rudy Gobert impersonation. I will let you go by you, but I'm eight inches taller, and then I will block your shot. And he kind of peeked and saw you and went out the other side. I don't know, it seemed like a game of cat and mouse. Do you, do you get dialed into that some nights more than others? Were you more dialed in in the Portland game? Um, no, I mean, I would vote in every game. Um, sometimes you might not have it in some way. You might not be feeling great. You might be tired. Like, there's obviously a million things that go on in leading up to a game uh, that, that a lot of people don't know about. You might be sick. You might not have practiced. You might have a nagging injury or, or something like that. There's, there's so many things that people never see that, that go on. Um, I mean, there's there's matchups. Uh, I think that you some some guys you you might even just know better than other guys. Like if if I'm matching up against Dame or CJ, I've played against them for eight years. I know a bit more of their tendencies. If it's someone else that's newer or, or playing a different way or moved to another team and has a, a different role, um, sometimes it's a, it's harder to to kind of get a, a swing on the kind of how, how they want to play. Obviously, we, we watch film and we prepare, but when you're standing 
kind of face to face with someone, it's it's a lot different than watching it on a on an iPad. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I would be very confident to say I'm dialed in most nights. Um, some nights you perform better than others. I mean, some nights you guys have bad days at work or a lawyer doesn't win their case or whatever it is. There's so many things that, that go on and um, the difference between that and our job is we have 20,000 people watching our job and um, and commenting on it and, and kind of dissecting how we, how we play on a nightly basis. So um, at the end of the day, for, for me and our team, I, I think we judge ourselves and obviously individual performance and team performance and that's within within our group. If coach says I'm not doing the right thing, then um, that, that's where something needs to change. If coach says I'm not being aggressive or I'm not shooting or I'm taking bad shots or whatever it is, then they're, they're the, the things that you kind of listen to and change. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a job, right? You get to, we get to go out and perform in front of all these people, but then we just get completely dissected every day <laughs> until the next game happens. Yeah, I mean, that's just dead on as far as that goes, especially in our community where you're the one highest level professional team. We do dissect everything. I mean, we, the radio folk and the media for sure, but also the fans too. I mean, they're right there with you, which is, I guess that's part of the good stuff because that just means there's so much interest in the team. And I would think that makes it fun when you're playing a packed house and there's so much energy. Uh, But I don't know if it's a downside, but you can call it maybe we do dissect and that's what i'm about ready to do so you're gonna get <laughs> mad at me anyway but i'm gonna do it it doesn't matter because you're right that's it's what we do that's precisely job. what like we, we do this is what we signed up for this is a part of yeah yeah it's signing why, autographs in yeah. public people asking for photos people interrupting at dinner or like it's just a part of what we've almost obviously we didn't sign up for someone to interrupt my dinner but it's a part of being in a, I mean, any any professional sports team, but especially in a, a smaller right. state with with no other, yeah, um, or the being the biggest, most most seen professional team here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So my dissecting of your game is okay. The uh, O'Neill's out. You come in the last two games. You, uh, the team wins easily, and you have great games. So. I'm wondering, should they start Joe Ingles? Now, I know you're going to get mad because we've known you for almost a decade now. You don't care you come off the bench. You don't care if you score. You don't care if you assist. You want to win, and we know that. But it looks like to me, who's an untrained basketball eye, uh, I I mean, I I have a a master's in love, so I know a lot about personal relationships. But basketball, I don't know a whole lot. But I'm watching you play these last couple of games, and you look really good as a starter. I want Joe Ingles starting. React to that, please. I will add to it. Mike Conley's our starting point guard. Donovan Mitchell's our starting shooting guard. Boyan's our starting whatever small forward. Royce is our starting small forward times two because we don't, I don't know if he's a power forward, but that's our and Rudy's obviously our starting five. That's our starting five. That's not changing. Anyone that thinks I'm going to start is crazy. It's not. It hasn't been talked about. It won't be talked about. I don't want it to be talked about. I don't want coach to talk to me about it. I a thousand percent know that when someone is injured, like one through four, those first four guys, that I am 99.9% probably going to start. And I enjoy that little change up of role every now and then. But I also 
very much enjoy my role of coming off the bench with, with Hassan and JC and, and Rudy Gay and then playing with those guys and, and obviously one of the starters, um, depending on who it is. Um, but those guys have earned their starting spot. I am not trying to steal their starting spot. I'm not trying to... It, like I said, if someone's out, I know I'm going to start. And um, I mean, it is fun to start those games. It's not like I hate playing basketball. Like, if I can play more minutes, then cool, I'm going to try and play more minutes. And obviously, when someone's out, I'm going to play a few more minutes. But um, no, I'm, our, our team is built the way it's built. Our team is good because of our, the, the way we start and the guys we have coming off the bench. And that's not changing. So people just need to... I've seen it obviously a bunch over the last however long and obviously even more the last however many days it's been, four or five days. But as of whenever Royce is healthy, whatever game he comes back, whether it be tomorrow or not, um, I'll happily go and park myself on the bench again, put my sweats on and wait till the seven-minute mark to come in. I am a trained, bas- I am a trained basketball eye taking graduate level <laughs> courses, had to sit through a lot of film sessions. Jerry Sloan broke uh, clipboards on my head. That helped. The concussion somehow advanced my knowledge. I don't understand how that works. I think when you start, Joe, you're out there with Donovan and Bojan and Rudy, right? And like, if you make a great pass, those guys are probably going to make the shots. And people are less likely to double so you. because the guys who, on the bench. Well, we'll get to that hey, in a second. Hey, Hold on. Hold on. We'll shot. get to Rudy's that. going to make a shot. Hey, I'll break, a, I'll break a Jerry Sloan clipboard on you, so help me. We'll get to the bench in a second, Joe. But when you're out there with the starters, of course you flourish. Now People you're saying, don't. Now you're saying I'm passing to guys that can't make shots. No, no I'm not. Don't Rudy's put words into my mouth. Points. I hate the way <laughs> you people and, in the media put words in my and mouth. One of the starters, and one of the starters is always out there. No. And then one of the, one nope. of the, the big is a seven-footer that catches the ball and dunks it. So that's just a silly comment. You're in the starting lineup, and nobody's leaving Donovan to double you, and nobody's leaving Rudy to double you. When you okay, that's completely different to you saying that when you go start when you make shots. When you go to the bench, you're going to shine in that starting role, given who you're out there with. When you go to the bench, and I have not graphed the numbers on this, but when you're with the bench group, there's a percentage of the possessions, and I think it's much higher, where you literally don't touch the ball. You go to the corner and spread the floor, and Jordan goes to work. And so there's this percentage of possessions. You never touch the ball, and that is automatically going to lower your numbers. Whatever else happens, whoever else the other guys are on the floor, (laughs) Jordan goes to work, and that has worked. Jordan won the sixth man of the year, and he has single-handedly gone on runs where he scored on five straight possessions. So everybody says, well, turn him loose. I don't know what's going to happen, but odds are it'll probably be good. But you don't touch the ball, so of course your numbers go down. But your defender never leaves you because they're not going to give you a corner three. So, so you end up just not touching the ball. Reaction. Is that, are you done? Uh, unless you piss me off. <laughs> Another thing, Joe. First of all, I'm assuming you, you took back the first part of me when I passed to a starter and make a shot because you didn't mention that again. So even when I passed well, you don't have the ball. Rudy, 
Yeah, but it doesn't defeat the fact that when I do pass one of them, they usually make a shot. They're pretty well, good shooters. Yes, and you don't average zero points and zero assists when you're with the bench group. But the numbers do go down you get, because of the way yeah, the team I mean, operates. I get completely different looks as a starter compared to coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And Thank that's you. because as a starter, depending on who's out, whether it be obviously Royce's, Donovan's getting the best defender. Yep. Mike's probably getting the second or Boyan, depending on who, who it is position-wise. Boyan or Mike is getting the second or third. They're, they're the top three. And I'm just getting like the guy that I use, <laughs> the guy that I defend when I'm out there. So <laughs> we defend each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, it makes it, I don't know if it makes it easier, but I'm not, I don't have Patrick Beverly on me or I don't have player whoever it is, Tory Craig or, or whatever. Um, when I'm out there with the the bench unit or whatever you want to call it, it's usually me and JC will probably get the two best defenders and especially off how our bench played last year and how myself and him played together last year. Um, I obviously understand that. So it's, it's completely different. And it, I mean, it's just different. It's different looks. It's different touches at different times it's different spacing it's different mm-hmm. it's completely different but like again like you said does it, do I care if I get one shot or nine shots no like if it's a obviously no. if it's a good show I'm going to take it but it's it's just different it's not a bad thing it's not a negative thing that they won't leave me in the corner if that is the case and they don't want me to touch the ball in a position and JC's got more room to go to work or Rudy's got more room in a post up or Rudy or Hassan's role might be even easier because they aren't leaving the corner and if they do then I get a wide open three which Mm -hmm. is great so sometimes I said it a couple weeks ago about I think it was after the game that Mike shot four shots and we won by whatever we won by it's like that's just the way it's the way it is sometimes and, and and a big part of that is the way teams defend last game when they're hedging or whatever they were doing it's more I mean it works it works better necessarily for Mike and I to handle and for us to be able to get off it and like Donovan and Boyan and all that play off a closeout or play or really or get a catch and shoot or whatever it is because I'm 6'8 I can pass over it Mike's quick enough to to get around the hedge or, or whatever the situation is and um other nights will be different. Other nights, they're switching, and I don't want anything to do with having an ISO against another guard. So I'm not, I'm not going to have as many possessions with the ball. Um, and that's just the way it is. And um, Games are different. Each night's different, depending on who we play and how teams defend us. Um, and also, offensively as well, like certain games, we're trying to do specific things offensively that might not it might not work for me or it might not be a night for JC or whatever, whoever it is. It's not anyone in, in particular. So the, the game's so different every game and obviously we just go out there and do our best to try and win. You've played with a lot of good bench guys and I think a great example of that if people are, are following and PK and I have talked about this when you haven't been on the air but George Niang goes and goes to Philly and obviously they got a lot of drama and, and he gets a bigger opportunity and he has been putting up some monster stats 
but a lot of it just comes down to opportunity, and that's what's working for the Sixers right now. And he didn't put those numbers up in Utah. He probably could have, but the situation didn't call for it, and he's in a situation in Philly where it calls for it. So he's he's had some nights. He's just crushed at shooting the ball. Well, I think a big part of what you're saying just then is is accepting a role. And was he frustrated at times? Probably when he was here and didn't get to play as many minutes or, or have the ball as much or shoot as much or whatever the role was. But he also played his role perfectly here for, for what we needed him to do at that time and went and got a double or triple his salary. And or like you said, now he's playing more minutes. He's getting more opportunity. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's super cool to watch. Obviously, I'm pretty close with him and still speak to him every couple of days. And um, I, I still think he would prefer to to be here with us in, in whatever capacity. But he's he's happy, and he's like you said, he's getting to play and he's playing well, and, and obviously proving that he's a, a hell of an NBA player. I think he's been start, uh, maybe not anymore, but he was starting for a little while there. Um, he didn't do anything against us because we knew what he wanted to do. But apart from that, he's been <laughs> he, he's been killing it. So it's good to see. And he's got great stories for his book because when I when I see Ben Simmons there uh, with the phone in his pocket, barely moving, I see George standing right behind him, and the look on his face is like, "I saw a lot of stuff in Utah, but I never saw anything like this." The look on his face I, was priceless. I think it. I think it would be a, a very different situation there than it is here, but that's probably also like twenty eight other teams as well. So um, we're lucky what we've got here, and. Um, Again, obviously, I mean, I can't. I'm not. I've never played for any other team, but um, yeah, we're we're lucky what we what we've got here. Well, Joe, we appreciate it. I love to have you on, and I love to uh, have you yell at me again next week. Please do. Yeah, well, stop saying silly things. <laughs> <laughs> Even though in the end you agreed with me, I love that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said that's why you didn't say it again because you knew you were wrong. <laughs> You knew you said the wrong. You were, you were so excited. Joe, Joe's going to so go excited. to his grave, man. I know, I know, right? You were so excited for your stupid little statement that you said the wrong thing, and then you didn't say it again because you knew you were wrong. So I'm glad we agreed to agree that you were wrong. You people in the media putting words in my mouth. Me, me too. <laughs> PK yeah. always loves conflict. Yeah, go get him, guys. <laughs> yeah, way to go. All right, Joe. That was Thanks, fun. Guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next time. There is Joe Ingles. Joining us every week. I get why the starter thing is a thing, but I think if you look at it a little more, is it that big a thing? What do you mean, is it that big a thing? His numbers change, and people look at the box score, and they see the scoring total and all that. But if he's coming off the bench and they're winning, and the way he helps win is to go to the corner and spread the floor, and Jordan Clarkson gets more room to go to work. Sure. You know, But I, they weren't winning. Oh, they, lost as soon as, or, they lost right. in New Orleans. They lost to some crappy teams they had no business losing to. He gets in the starting lineup, and he just looks more effective. He's too good not to be effective. I get where he's coming from, and he's going to protect his guys at all costs. And that's one of the reasons why he has endeared himself not only to the team, but the community. It's nice. And and he and his wife with the autism and everything, uh, and his wife's an out-there person, very active on social media and in the community. So we all love him for that. But it's about winning. 
and I want to maximize each player's individual talent, which is hard to do because you just use the example of Niang. Clearly, he's being maximized more, if that makes sense, (laughs) in uh, Philly. Well, they had a really good team here. So how do you handle that? It's not an easy case, and it's easy for me to say I want Joe to start because I don't have to deal with the with the egos and everything else. But the fact is I'm just looking at a two-game sample, and he's played really well with those guys. Why isn't it, why isn't it potentially possible that O'Neal can come off the bench, but yet he can still contribute? I don't know. I don't know that. Well, I think that's – I, I think, think it can be yeah. done, but I don't know that. I don't, I don't study it like those guys do. Yeah, I think that comes down to you got to ignore the offensive numbers and and accept that you know the defensive assignment that Royce has taken every game is not an assignment you want to put on Joe every night. And it doesn't mean that Joe can't D somebody up, and I know someone's no, going to no, yell. No, but it doesn't have to be Paul that George. way, though. It doesn't necessarily I – got, I, got, I got you, but then O'Neal can come in, and there's ways around it. I mean, obviously there's other people who think the same thing. Uh, as I do and your line of questioning people within the organization who are very smart that's a fact we know that without giving up anybody DJ and PK it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone everything you missed in this show we get you up to speed next stay with us Anthony driving on Jeff Green step back jumper got it ties it 99. Davis doubled at midcourt, finds Fox. Fox now accelerates in the lane, goes to the right, scores off the dribble, and that will seal the deal for the Kings. Got us down the lane, attacks, scores it, up and in! It's the go-ahead bucket with two seconds to play. Here come the Hornets, a half-court heave at the hole! In and out! What a ball game! The Bucks will survive it! Giannis Antetokounmpo, 40 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. The game winner right in the final seconds as the Bucks beat the Hornets 127-125. PK, how much do you have to see out of the Charlotte Hornets, a team that has been down pretty much forever? A team that can be a playoff team. They're two games over 500. Are they on to something? Or is this like the high water mark? They've gotten to mediocrity. Congratulations. Well, you have to get to mediocrity before you get to somewhere, right? Yep. So uh, I, they finally made a good draft. Uh, the, the ball <laughs> kid looks like he's a player. Hayward's a player. We know that. Uh, you know, he may not be a thirty million get on my back kind of guy, but obviously he's a quality NBA player. We saw it here. I think he would have been more quality if he would have stayed, but that train has left the station long ago, and nobody cares anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I've been watching him because he's Hayward, so I do watch him. And the ball uh, kid, you know, to see how he could do with his brother and his father and his other brother and all that stuff. And he is from Chino Hills, which is a dear community in the Southern California area. So I've been watching, and at least watching box scores anyway, not necessarily watching the team. And I think they're on to something to be decent and be a playoff team, but obviously that's not the goal is to be a playoff team. The playoff, the goal is to you know, win it all and be a contender. They're not there yet, but if they make a couple of good more moves, maybe they can be. They're really on the young side, and that's why I wonder if they're on to something. Now, Hayward's not young. He's 31. And Terry Rozier's in his prime at 27. Right. But they got a lot of guys on that roster who are early 20s. And you don't usually win much more than they're winning now when your roster is a bunch of guys in their early 20s. Uh, you can probably find a couple outliers, but there aren't very many of them. 
All right, the games in the West. And then you wonder, it's ahead. not a glamour spot. Yeah, do they stay, right? Yeah. It's not a glamour spot, so, yeah. All right, so the games in the West that uh, more people care about. I mean, the Nuggets have just been hit so hard by injuries. They lose the Magic 108-103. They've dipped under 500. The Kings beat the Clippers 124-115. Uh, there are two teams off to great starts in the Warriors and Suns. And the Jazz, despite the disappointments, are still off to a good start, playing at a 55-win pace. But is anyone going to go with those three? Because you've got... The Lakers battling injuries. The Clippers don't have Kawhi because of an injury. Denver's had multiple injuries. And I know it should be next man up, but there just isn't another Kawhi Leonard. And so it's weird to think that they're going to. Oh, no, 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 no. Their next that, man that, up is more a football thing. It's only if it's, yeah. it's a football thing. Yeah, because you know you're going to have major injuries in football. Yep. You're going to have nicks and bruises, and not everyone's going to be available all those games. Football's about depth, it's about stars and depth. Uh, and, and the NBA, it's about stars and, and then do what you can. Uh, so you, you, don't, you don't replace these, these top-level guys. There's just not that many of them. It's really interesting. And How come basketball has, is like that? Why is it a sport that if you're in the NBA, you're really good, right? We understand that. But why is it a sport that is dominated by so few? What makes it that only a few are all that these other guys are really good you know but they're not all that why is there so few all that guys why i don't understand why is that how can that possibly be why can't there be more of all that but there's not i don't know that basketball's all that different as far as having that many all-that guys, there aren't that many all-that quarterbacks in the NFL, and there aren't that many all-that starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. Yeah, see, I, 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 I don't know about that, man. I, I, I think that, that it's a different type of deal, though, in those sports. See, you went right to quarterback, mm-hmm. but you can't name me all-that offensive linemen, but yet there are. There are plenty of them. Right. So they just don't get the run that the quarterback does. His name is Quentin and Nelson. And so okay. we look at that. Who's Quentin Nelson? He's a starting left guard for the Indianapolis Colts, and he is a bad mother. Okay. <laughs> right, but he doesn't get that, that much run. Okay, so but the just, quarterback we, touches we, the ball every play. That's why they're disproportionately so does the center. important. But yet we don't know centers, and the center touches it, and he sets up the line, and hands can go. I'm going to see him in a few minutes here because he's going to come get the equipment. And if he's listening right now, he's probably ready to punch me in the head <laughs> uh, because they they don't get they don't get that they don't get that run. Uh, but those those guys are vitally important to what you're trying to do. Absolutely, just it's it's bizarre because the the the, the quarterback gets he's the glamour boy and you know you need yep. him to be really good yeah, and a starting pitcher and I, I get right. the catcher touches the ball every play too unless I guess it gets hit and then maybe they throw it home to him so the catcher is the center and the starting pitcher is the quarterback and we just know whole teams are keyed off what the guy does at that position if that guy's excellent then you got a chance to be excellent if that guy blows but I can name a, you more than three or four really good quarterbacks in the league and I it just seems like there's three or four guys in the NBA who decide so much of it. Yeah. And Antetokounmpo was one of them. 
Without question. He is definitely one of them. All right, we've also talked a lot of Utes this morning. You are in Las Vegas. Hans is in Las Vegas. That's why he's coming to get the equipment. Do another show from Las Vegas as we gear up for the Pac-12 title game. Lincoln Kennedy. Man, he painted a lot of paths to victory for the Utes and only a couple of paths to victory for the Ducks. It is not a slam dunk. Nobody thinks it's a guarantee, but... If Oregon plays the way they did in Salt Lake City, they're going to get beat again. Lincoln was really clear on that. And he also says if Oregon gets all kinds of adrenaline, gets pumped up, they're going to make mistakes, and the Utes are still going to beat them. So there's this fine line they've got to walk. They've got to play much better, but they can't just come out with all kinds of adrenaline pumping because he said that was going to lead to blown assignments and penalties and a long night for Oregon. Everybody's leaning, everybody's leaning Utah. Nobody really wants to go slam dunk. No, I put the Utes at about 65%, and then it has an opportunity after the first couple of series to go up to about 85%. If I see a repeat, if I see the Utes dominate, if I see Thomas and Pledger getting six, seven yards of carry right off the bat and rising you know, with his passing, his, they don't go deep a whole lot, but hitting on those medium passes, and we know the players, the tight ends and all that stuff. We, we know who they are, so I don't need to name them. And if we see that right off the bat, then I'm going to jump it to about 80 85%. Doesn't mean they can't win if I don't see it. But if I see a continuation of what I saw a couple weeks back, then I'm going to start making reservations in Pasadena. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't know that I'm going to see it, but if even if I don't see it right off the bat, I still think the Utes have about a 65% chance to to win. Now that's nothing. That's not near good enough for me to put one penny on it because um, that's not who I am. Even though I've got all sorts of time, I could I could bet thousands of dollars tonight and nobody could yell at me. <laughs> but I'm not going to. <laughs> but you ought to go to the sports book to watch the NFL game because first off, it's the Cowboys and Cowboy fans are everywhere. And saying it to watch the people who do put a lot of money on this game, whether it's the point spread or the over-under or whatever other bizarro bet they can get a hold of, to watch them go nuts. And it's, it's Taysom Hill. we got a local angle of this game. He's going to get a start. And he got, he got four last year. He'll get one this year. And, and they're on a four-game losing streak. They were 5-2 and two and looked really good. And in the last month has been brutal for them. So maybe he can help right the ship there a little bit, although... Oh, that's exactly what I do. I come to Vegas, check in, you know, go to the gym that they have, uh, maybe go hit some golf balls, and, you know, I do my show, of course, and then I go to the sports book, and then I just sit there, and then, too, I usually have to move depending on where the smokers are sitting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Clear out. Right, and so then you got the horse racing over here, that I look at, then you got all the TVs over there. I live in the sports book. The, the reactions of the guys in the sports book are a lot of fun. And I never, I literally never once, and I have been to Vegas a million times for personal reasons and for work, and I have never once put one penny on any game. DJ PK, we are brought to you in part by Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. All right, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time for your feedback, all the stuff you think about today's show. Jill says David James yelling at Joe Ingles might be the best Ingles interview ever. 
How could you rank the best <laughs> Ingles interviews ever? Joe has been... That one was up why there. Not? It was? Oh, oh I just think not? there have been so many awesome segments with Joe. He, oh, he's I, don't been, th- I don't think you like so being good. in the spotlight. So I think no, I didn't mind at all. I, mean, I love it when I'm writing oh, Joe's wrong. I don't know about that. I don't think Joe thought that. Well, Joe didn't know where I was going. He was assuming where I was going. Jumping out and implying where I was going. That the other guys weren't good enough were on the going. bench. I know, I, know why, I know where you were going, and I know why you were going there. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, I don't even know what that means. Average homeboy, why does the local media hate Utah and love BYU so much? Now, I was just told this morning that I hate BYU and love Utah. Yeah, we should have these guys talk to each other and get their story straight. <laughs> we shouldn't have to answer for both of these things. We should only have to answer for one. And that comes out of this conversation. Uh, we were talking earlier about the championship game on a Friday. And John says having the championship game on Friday reinforces the idea that the Pac-12 is not a major conference. I agree with that, John. The SEC doesn't play midweek, and the Big Ten doesn't play midweek. So the Big Ten very rarely plays. Friday. Big Ten very rarely plays Friday night. But when you're the only game on Friday, you're going to get better ratings. You're going to have more eyeballs, and that's going to generate more dollars for the conference. So until the conference has better teams, creating better storylines, you know, high rankings, more at stake, people that personalities that people are emotionally invested in they're going to have this difficult choice. They're always going to be in a part of the country that has fewer people. That's not going to change. It's just it, sheer population. I don't think it's a difficult choice. You want to leave it on Friday night? So they're going to, so they're going to stick your, your, your championship game at 8.30 on a, on a Saturday. Yeah, that's what we want. No. The AAC plays tomorrow, so they, I mean Saturday, so that must mean they're big time. The AC goes head to head with the SEC. That's not a great place to be. To the be Mountain West plays ratings. on Saturday, so that must mean they're big time. I mean, we keep moving the goalposts on what is big time. Saturday night, six o'clock after the SEC game ends, when the ACC is playing, play then. Why? What's wrong with Friday night? Then, in, then you can have your whole Saturday. You really can't argue anything. You're the best. It's not about arguing anything. It's about making... You're actually arguing it, but I never point out that you can argue anything because I'm a team player. I'm like Joe. I'll never confront you the way you did him. It was wildly inappropriate. Believe me, I've already got him talking to me about that, and I've had to apologize three times already. Thank you. So it's about what what you're trying to do. You're trying to create a weekend in Vegas to get people to come to Vegas. And who doesn't want to spend a Saturday all day in Vegas? The weather is going to be awesome tomorrow. We've already looked at it, right? So you can go outside, and then you can go to a show, go to a dinner, and then you can go home on Sunday. Well, if you got the football game, it doesn't work that way. You're not a forward thinker, and I'm actually shocked because usually you're at the forefront of being a forward thinker. I like to be a backwards thinker sometimes, just to turn around and see what the view is in the other direction. Yeah, well, then if I'm in front of you, the view of that I have suddenly gets gross. Oh, that's disgusting. If I turn around. I told you earlier about the uh, fan who had the BYU sticker and the Pac-12 2021 champions, and he had the logos of the five schools they beat and the score of every game under the five logos. And Wurz says, folks, this is so stupid. Enough already.
Is it really that stupid? Rolling in the glory of your best wins? Granted, I wouldn't do that to well, my yeah. car. Utah Valley right now, they're West Coast Conference champions. <laughs> you got a lot of reaction with that. Most people thoroughly enjoy well, it. I got... And the one that hurt is PK is lazy. He loves pot shots at BYU, but he does not tweet the University of Utah sarcastically. Just waiting for an anti-church tweet. How long will they wait, PK? Uh, forever, because I love all of God's children. There it is. Look at you go. It doesn't matter where you go to church. I appreciate that you go to church. I, Dave, come on. How long have we been together? Almost 20 years. Does, if that doesn't not prove that I love the Mormons, I don't know what does. PK will be headed to a mountaintop near you soon. If you would like to go along, don't. Mind your own business. He needs to be alone on the mountain. Well, you got Mount Charleston right here. I'm looking out. My view actually looks. I'm on the 25th floor. Of the I couldn't house, remember the name. Was it Mount actually Charleston. West. Yep. Yeah. How yeah. tall is Mount Charleston? How long a hike could you face uh, Sunday? It's a pretty good one. I mean, they can get some snow up there. So... Uh, yeah, I, I would say probably, um, what's it, probably six, 7,000 feet, maybe? All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. PK is in Las Vegas, and he'll be in Las Vegas again tomorrow. And the title game tomorrow night. Hans Olsen will be there talking with Scotty later today. Stay with us. More coverage from Vegas, the Pac-12 title game, the Utes and the Ducks, right here on The Zone Sports Network.